Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noel Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, or only one episode. For this week, we will be studying one that was the spin-off that never was. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Keep on running. Keep on running. But don't copyright claim us for that. Yeah, that's why I'm singing it rather than playing the clip. I don't know how sensitive YouTube's copyright claims are. Oh, I'm pretty sure I didn't nail it enough for them to come after me. It's nice of you to think I sound exactly like Ario Speedwagon. So this week we're doing the Henry and June show. Uh, this aired as a one-off special in 1999 as a spinoff for Kablam. Yes. So they took the hosts of Kablam, Henry and June, and basically they're like, ah, you're going to have your own show. Yes. And this is what came out. Yes. Yeah, so it's uh, split into two segments. So we'll go through the first segment first. Yes. It has the, like, the Doug and the Rugrats. It was yeah. less clearly delineated mm-hmm. than those episodes because um, I'm going to assume most of our listenership has seen an episode of Rugrats. Yeah. Where before every segment, they'd have the little title card. Bah, and yeah. And do, do, do. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they'd have the little title card. And Doug did it as well. Yeah. Uh, this show does not do it, so this felt a little confusing. Yeah. Doug and Rugrats were secretly too... 12-minute cartoons rather than a half-hour show. And a lot of cartoons in the 90s were like that. Yeah. Uh, Arnold was like that. I think Rocco. Rocco was like that. Dexter's Laboratory was three cartoons. Yes. Uh, Powerpuff Girls was usually two. Yes. So this was a very, very common way of doing things, Al, when they're usually more like a half an hour. Right. Uh, Yeah. A lot of cartoons these days... Use the commercial cliffhanger. Yes. Like, they try to keep you, you know, glued to your TV because they want to know what happens when they come back from a break. You know, like DuckTales did. Yeah. Nicktoons didn't really do that. No. They also used to, like, run at odd times. I remember, like, when Nick in the Afternoon ran, they would run, like, 15-minute blocks. Yes. Where it's like, all right, so here's a, a Ren and Stimpy... Here's a Rocco. Here we go. Which I remember really finding fascinating when I was a kid because I was like, oh, anything could happen. Yeah, it felt very chaotic and wild and all they could. If I wrote a postcard to Stick Stickly, he might listen to my request. At P.O. Box 963, New York City, New York State 10108. Yes, we are that many years old. Yes, I am Stick Stickly's address years old. So it's five minutes to showtime. When we go into the uh, the beginning of the first segment. Yes, they're about to get ready for the first episode of the Henry and June show. So, June and Henry are talking backstage. And June is asking if Henry is nervous. And Henry's worried about his breath. Yes. June tries to calm him down that it doesn't matter. And then a car pulls up. That is like a super fancy car that Tom Cruise drives. Yeah, it's the same car Tom Cruise drives. Henry mentions like 
how great the car is and how much he loves it. And June is like, tell me you didn't spend all the money they gave you on a car. You can't even drive for six years. Uh, I didn't. Thank goodness. I spent all the money they gave us. You what? Yeah, which I, I always forget that they're like 11 years old. They're kind of in that indiscriminate young teenager. Yeah. So you don't really... Queens? Yeah, like, kind of like the characters in Doug or the characters in Hey Arnold, where they're occasionally in situations that are not appropriate for that age group. Right. Well, and then Henry admits that he didn't spend all of his money. Uh, he spent all of their money yes. on the car, which is very strange because they also established that Henry and June are not related. Yeah. So you have no idea how he accesses June's money. So it's a money. crime. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, June rage pounces. Yes, as you would do. And they tussle their way through the, like, the different sound stages. Yes, they end up uh, tussling past Al Roker. Tussling past Emerald Legacy. Yeah, and it's very clearly Emerald Live. Yes. Like, it's very strange and, like, very, like, oh, that's a... That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. I will say, uh, at this point, you see the chef cooking that clearly looks like Emerald Legacy, but he never says bam. So at this point, I'm like, oh, they're trying to get around this obviously being Emerald Legacy without actually saying. I thought he did say he was going to kick it up a notch, though. He does say I'm going to kick it up a notch. Which he was his other, bam. yeah. Which was his other big thing yeah. that he would say. And then they they end up in a wrestling ring with the Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, and Henry and June pin them. Yes, they, they become champions. And uh, after that's resolved, because they roll back into their studio and they kind of like are they meet up with this executive. Yes. And. Uh, Henry asks for a bottle of water because mm-hmm. they are stars now and you ask and you'll get what you want. And Henry's like, can I have a bottle of water? Yeah, well, no, you don't open your own water. You don't open your own water. Yeah, someone else has to because you're a star. Let's talk about this weird ass character for a moment. Yes. Because one, hideous. Right. This like producer character is an ugly, ugly character. Yeah, the art style of the whole show is not pretty. This is a really ugly show. And this is right around when I start to realize, man, this show is ugly. Yeah. Because with Kablam, you don't spend a lot of time with Henry and June. Right. And you don't go to more than one setting. Right. It's usually like, ah, we're hanging out in the pool. Here's Action League now. Yeah. So, like, spending this much time in this world is gross. (laughs) Yeah, like, the art style is very, very ugly. Very disjointed. Mm-hmm. It's kind of... If you've ever watched the intro to Kablam, the whole episode looks like the intro to Kablam. Yes. Uh, I think it gets uglier when we start seeing the ones based on real people. Yeah. And did you get that this character of the producer was kind of like Ronald Reagan? No. He kind of speaks like Ronald Reagan. Like, he has a similar tone. Okay. And I was just like, why would they do this? Kid, let me share a little advice. I once gave Macaulay Culkin on the set of Dances with Wolves. A star never opens his own water. You, ape man. (laughs) Open this water pronto. I have no idea. I thought he was just, you know, your standard crass, weird executive. 
I, I mean, I don't think when I was the, the, at this age, I understood your crass, weird executive character. But he's so he's super weird. Yes, like he can't remember their names. He likes balloons. Yeah, he calls them Harold and Jane. Yeah, it's it's a very weird character. Yeah, it doesn't work. So. He insists that Henry can't open his own water, so Bigfoot opens. Yes, the Sasquatch that usually hung out on Kablam. Yeah, so he's a familiar character, Mm -hmm. and they ask for breath mints for Henry. Yes, because his breath does in fact reek. And Henry's pretty rude to Sasquatch, Mm -hmm. who takes the car. He takes the car to get the breath mints. Yes, we don't know he's getting the breath mints. It just kind of looks like he steals the car. Yeah, (laughs) it does look like he's just pulling a GTA. So we meet the house band, which Henry thinks is supposed to be the Dave Matthews band. But June hired some guys from their school because she has a crush on the guitarist. Uh, what was the name of the band? I, it was like Poison Oxygen or something. It was definitely something oxygen. Let me let me look it up. I think it was Nuclear Oxygen. They are, in fact, called Nuclear Oxygen. Nuclear Oxygen is uh, what I thought. What a great band name. And everything is spelled wrong. Is it all spelled wrong? Yes. Ah. Nuclear. (laughs) Yeah, it's like with a K. Yeah. And oxygen, G-I-N. Great. Yes. They're supposed to have all these guests on there. They're supposed to have the Olsen twins, and they're supposed to have, quote, the guy from the zoo with all the animals. Yes. Jack Hanna. Yeah, your standard, like, late night talk show, we couldn't find anyone better, so here's someone with animals. Yeah, it was usually Jack Hanna. Yeah, Jack Hanna. At that time. Jack Hanna was a big one. Now it would be Bindi Irwin or Yes. Steve Irwin's son whose name escapes me at the moment. Yeah. But it's usually one of the Irwin children mm-hmm. nowadays when they do that gimmick. Yeah. And there's another one that does it that's just just as bugs. <laughs> They're like, look at this big old cockroach. And you're just like, ew, gross, no. So Henry tells like this. That band should be banned, joke. And the audience just stares. Yeah, and a tumbleweed goes by. Which yeah. I like. It's one of my favorite jokes. And it turns out the audience was there to see Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, which is a weird joke. Um, And, like, they ask where Vanna is. Yeah. It's very... um, The humor in this show feels very ahead of its time in how... Rooted in references, it is. Yes. Like, it feels very... Because a lot of humor nowadays is based on references. Mm-hmm. This show is killing it on the references, but it means the show is insanely dated. Yes. Because they don't pick timeless references. Well, Wheel of Fortune is, in fact, still on. Yes, that's true. So, the Olsen twins won't come out of their dressing room because they don't like the way they're drawn. Great joke. And if you I look, love this. If you look at the way they're drawn, yeah. Because when we go back to that ugly art style, mm-hmm. they are drawn hideous. So, and I have the thought at this time, of like, oh, they, they they couldn't actually get the Olsen twins. So, of course, they're not going to actually appear. The guy from the zoo with the animals rushes on, because that's what they have to do right now. And they have Howie the Handsome ha- Hamster. Right. Who's the last of his kind. Mm-hmm. He's adorable. And he's adorable and he's so well behaved. And then Henry murders him. With his bad breath. Literally, he dies. Yeah. And then June cut, June's like, go to commercial! Mm-hmm. And that's when we see that Bigfoot is joyriding through the city to REO Speedwagon. Yes! It's insane to me 
that he's listening to Ario Speedwagon. Yeah. Because do you know how much money it must cost to license that song? Probably more than the budget of the rest of the show. Because this is a fun little anecdote. One of my favorite shows of all time is Home Movies. Right. And in one of the first, like, two episodes of Home Movies, Brendan sings a copywritten song. So they have to pay for it. And it costs so much of the budget to have him sing this song that episode five of Home Movies, they decided to make it a uh, camping episode so they could all be in the dark. So they only had to draw their eyes. Oh my God. And that was how they saved money to afford the copywritten song. So the fact that they threw REO Speedwagon money at this for like not a great reason. No, because it's not even like a classic song that kids in the 90s knew. Because while we were watching it, I was like, what is that song? And you Shazammed it. I actually Shazammed it while we were watching it. I was like, oh, it's REO Speedwagon. That's insane. So, yeah, he's just blasting, keep on running. Keep on running. Keep on running. The director, we kind of cut between them for a little bit, and the director confronts Henry and June about how the show is bad, and Henry's breath breaks the director's glasses. Yeah, that's how bad it is. And Bigfoot gets his mint, but then he gets pulled over by the police. Yeah, 5 catches him. And we get this, like, lame magic, uh trick that like henry is clearly trying to do yes it is the same magic trick that jesus christ does in a family guy cutaway really yeah there's a family guy cutaway where uh so i think peter just says something like turns out his abilities might have been exaggerated a bit Anywho, let's give it up for that high priest of presto, the great Henrini! And he does the bit where he takes his fingers and conjoins them. And then he does the bit where he has one finger up on each hand, smacks them together, and there's two fingers on one hand. It's the exact same joke that Family Guy does. Yeah. Kablam probably did it first. Oh, 110%. And then Henry screams, eat your heart out, Magic Johnson? Yeah. I mean, eat your heart out was a big 90s phrase. Well, one, it's hilarious to hear eat your heart out. Two, he says it to Magic Johnson, who is a A basketball basketball player. player. Not a magician. Yeah. And what year is this? 1999. So he has AIDS. Right. It's a weird person to pick on. I guess it's the only magic, like, which is weird because the 90s were like a heyday for magicians. Yeah, I mean, I think the bit is that he could have said David Copperfield, but he said Magic Johnson, ha ha ha. But it's it's still a weird person to pull out when, like, he was going through, like, HIV rehab. He could have died before the show went up. That's true. That like, being said, Magic Johnson is still alive. <laughs> right. I mean, there's been a lot of medical advances since 1990s, thank God. Yeah. Um. So then... Uh, they're preempted by the news, which feels merciful at this point because the show is bad. Yeah. And it's Bigfoot leading a police chase. 
Because mm-hmm. now the police are chasing Sasquatch through. Keep on running. Keep on oh, and then my note says, it's Ario Speedwagon, because this must have been when you should have <laughs> yeah. it. Because this is where we finally get to the chorus. Right. Because a lot of it was like, just lyrics, and I was like, I'm, I'm not familiar with this song. So, they're being replaced with static, is what the executive tells <laughs> yes. Henry and June. That uh, they're going to get turn-on'd. Yeah. Which, you know, joke for those of you who've been watching the rest of, or listening to the rest of Stay Doomed. Yes. They're going to get cut off and replaced with static. And then the executive goes, I talked to the network. They're replacing you with static. (laughs) I love that stuff. So weird. And then the police chase bursts into the studio because Sasquatch was on his way back to work. Yeah. And we see the Olsen twins and Emerald and Al Roker and Stone Cold and The Undertaker. Yes, which they say all of them by name. Yep. Which baffled me because I thought the whole thing was like they're doing a parody. They're not going to say it's actually them. But then they do say that. And I'm like, oh, I'm surprised they can get away with that. I mean, they're not saying anything disparaging about them. Yeah. So like maybe they're just figuring it wouldn't be worth it for Stone Cold Steve Austin to get a lawyer. Yeah, I mean, they're all public figures, and, like, so they're worth lampooning. It's just interesting because the format of the show is that it's a late-night talk show. Right. So it's not presenting as a lampoon, but as a, they are actually here and guests. Right. It it feels more like a space ghost. Yeah, like, they try to spin it as, like, oh, look, all these people are here for the show! Yeah. So I'm just, I was surprised they went about it this way. So they do like a a uh, bit where Henry pops a Mento, and it kind of is reminiscent of the 1990s Mentos ads. Do, 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 the one. And then he complains that they're not wintergreen and Bigfoot tries to kill him. Yes. So It's for comedy. So the exec chants for Harold and Jane and like is really happy with the show. And then... We go to the next day. Yeah, this is me. Like, at this point, I was like, that was a pretty good show. Like, not ready for more. And also, like, I'm pretty sure... I remember at this point that I saw this when this aired on Nickelodeon. I believe it aired as part of SNCC. Probably. I couldn't find the actual air date for it. Yeah, I'm almost positive it was part of SNCC. But I know that, like, by the time... We get to the REO Speedwagon part of it. I, as a kid, was like, I could I could really go for some life with Loopy right now. Yeah. They should really introduce a cartoon. Yeah. So the next day... Um, Henry goes to, Jane, to June's house. Yes. Which, again, establishes that they're not related or anything. And... She notices something is amiss immediately yeah. and tries to get a word in edgewise, but Henry's just talking over her about how he's so great and fame hasn't changed me a bit. Yes, and they're excited to go meet all their fans at school. Fame hasn't changed me a bit. You're right, Henroid. Mm-hmm. And then you see that he is not wearing pants. He has forgotten to put his pants on. What What a buffoon. Buffoon. So they, they're at school and they're both like trying to lure other students into complimenting them for the show. Mm-hmm. And they were like, so June's like, did you watch anything good on TV last night? And her friends go, yeah, it was mind-blowing. A full half-hour hunkumentary on James Vanderbeek. Because 
guys, lest you forget, it is 1999. Yes. And the word hunk is used and the word James Vanderbeek is still used. So, yeah, I can't think of the last time I heard hunk. Or James Vanderbeek. No, I can think. James Vanderbeek uh, is kind of Neil Patrick Harrising right now, of where he is mostly playing parodies of himself. Oh. He hasn't hit the Neil Patrick Harris career renaissance yet. Oh, yeah, he's in the new uh, Jay and Silent Bob movie, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. He's not in the winning Tonys hosting variety shows and being no. universally beloved stage yet. No, but he's reaching for it. Yeah. So, uh, Henry, instead of doing his homework, tries to turn in an 8x10 yes. of his own face. And when the teacher has objections, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, and then signs it from yes. your star pupil. Mm-hmm. Which... Uh, here's another aside. Yeah. Uh, I know for a fact that the guy from Entourage, was, I want to say his name's Jeremy Renner, but that's not right. Oh, oh my gosh. The, uh, it is a Jeremy. Piven. Jeremy, Jeremy Piven. Piven. I was going to say the guy who ate too much fish. Yeah. Jeremy Piven actually tried to pay a, a bill at a restaurant with a signed copy of Entourage. What a jerk. <laughs> Oh, he, from what I understand, he is not great. Oh, he's not great. Um, <laughs> so we're not going to get him as a guest on this show. No. Um, he'd probably eat too much sushi and call out. Yeah. You know about that, right? No. He was doing a Broadway show and then like claimed mercury poisoning. Oh. Because he kept calling out because he was eating too much sushi. I mean, I have that right now. <laughs> no, I feel like mercury poisoning makes you go crazy. It does. That's where the term mad as a hatter comes from. I know, from haberdashers. Yeah. You're getting so many facts today. Right? Listener. I hope you're appreciating all this random trivia you're getting. I do think the thinner the episode we're discussing, (laughs) the more we get to talk about fun things. Yeah, we are literally sitting here with a box of Trivial Pursuit and just pulling. (laughs) We'll work this in. No, no, no. I knew all this. (laughs) Hush you. So, uh, the super dweeby kid... Is really excited about their show. And he's really creepy. Yes. Like, he wants, like, a bag of their blood. Well, for, he asked for a tongue scraping. <laughs> nope. For his collection. <laughs> he also attempts to do uh, Henry's magic trick and get stuck with his fingers together. Oh, my Hilarity. God. Hilarity. So, they, they realize... The kid kind of tells him, like, I can't believe you're still in school. You should be going to HITS. Which is like Higher Institute for Tomorrow's Stars. Yes. So it's a performing arts high school for famous children. Yes. And if you're getting fame vibes, you should be. Yeah. Because the next thing that happens is that Henry and June walk in and the other students do a huge musical number. Yes. That is Don't Sue Us fame. Yeah, it's You're Gonna Remember My Face, I mm-hmm. think it's something along those Yeah, lines. You'll Never Forget My Face. You'll Never Forget My Face instead of You're Gonna Remember My Name. We're on our way We know where we're going Maybe today The world will be showing Tyler! I'm Chloe! I'm Zoe! 
dancing on cars. Mm-hmm. And at one point, a bunch of students do a Mickey Mouse roll call. Yes. And the last student is Muldoon. So that the next line can be Henry and, and June. June. Yeah. To like, so they, they do fit in here. Yeah. Like the other students immediately accept them as stars. It's not, they're not treated as small fish in a big pond. They are treated as though they belong there. Yes. Um, so they have dance first. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, blonde girl kind of makes fun of June. She's like, you don't have a dancer's build. Yeah. You're a little, you know squat yes and then june picks up the dancing really well and the dance teacher's like oh fantastic work june try to keep up mackenzie mm-hmm. and the blonde girl's like mad i am assuming that this was going to be something that would come up later i don't but i'm going to get upset later instead of now okay <laughs> But uh, Mackenzie ends up pushing June into the piano. Yes. And they just keep playing the piano, so hammers hit June in the face. Which is kind of a fun sight gag. Yeah. Henry's at the gym. Yes. And uh, he's just gonna crank out some reps, get some gains. And Pretty gains, bro. And he gets a personal trainer immediately. Yeah. And uh, he can't handle the weight, and it crushes his throat. Yep. The, the usual bench press gag. Yeah. Which would have been new to kids watching Kablam because yeah. it's... Like, something I always have to remember when watching children's media is these jokes are new to kids. Right. So, then we go to lunch and Henry and June are sitting with the Olsen twins. Yes, and a figure skater? Tara Lipinski. Tara Lipinski and Madonna's baby. And? And... Who am I forgetting? Zach Hansen. Zach Hansen. Because that's right. lest you forget, dear listener, it is 1999, and if you forget that for 12 seconds, <laughs> it will remind the show you. will let you know. My next note: Shit, isn't this a time capsule? So wait, that means like Madonna's baby's like 19 now. Yeah. What was Madonna's baby up to? I don't know. Lord is. I. Do you think we could get? Madonna's baby on the show no. to talk about <laughs> her time on Kablam. She's twenty three. She's twenty three. Oh, okay. So she was she was three years old in this. Yeah, she's a model. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much what I can gather. She's what's a mo- her name? Uh, Lourdes Leon. Okay. Uh, she's a model. She's. Pretty okay. successful. I'll tweet at her and be like, yo, we want to talk about that time you were on the Henry and June show. And then you'll get blocked. <laughs> no, I will get ignored. Yes. <laughs> the idea that this person would actually take the time to block me is not even a, a success I think I can reach. So, uh, everything becomes a musical number. Yes. Just, even at lunch... Lunch becomes a musical number. Yes. Could someone, uh, pass the salt? Did you say pass the salt? Um, yeah. I'll pass the salt, the pepper too. I'd do anything for a friend like you. Ooh. 
all get in on it. And Noah and I both just cringed. Yes, because this is surprisingly true to life. I actually did go to a performing arts school. And I was a counselor for a theater camp. And like, this would happen. Mm -hmm. On top of that, I kind of remember singing this song. Oh, wow. Because I I have known the I'll Pass the Salt song in my brain, mm-hmm. but I didn't remember where it was from until we watched this. Because I remember I was a counselor for a theater camp, and I heard out of, like, I was facing away from the table where my ca- uh, campers were, and I heard, Lovey Bohem. Uh-oh. And... The other theater counselor was sitting next to me going, please don't let that be our kids. And I looked at her dead in the face and I went, Elaine, they're singing Rent. They're our kids. It's 100% your And kids. she was like, well, what do we do? And I was like, we just hope not. none of them tries to get up on the table. Literally, that sentence had barely left my mouth when a young man who I believe was in the film School of Rock is up on the table. <laughs> Singing to Days of Inspiration. And I was like, okay, now we have to intervene now and do something. Now we have to stop them. I was like, and now we must intervene. But this felt really accurate to a performing arts high school. Yeah, like, we're very, we're a very dramatic folk. Yes. <laughs> and like, I was the non-singer of my class. But man, they would... Find any excuse to laugh. Or to laugh, excuse me. To sing. Yep. Uh, and I would... I uh, hated it. My, my entire first year was about performing two songs from Once on This Island. There were, there were not enough black students for this to be okay. There oh. were some! But not enough! So it was Whites on This Island? Yeah. And my entire part, I still remember it, is... Oh, no. Hold on, get ready, guys. <clears throat> Ula, ula, ooh. <laughs> that was my part. Oh, we toured. Oh my god, performing this, and that's what I got to do and I, a dance. I got stuck in an elevator with theater majors at the art school I worked at uh, early in my career, and I got just stuck on an elevator with like seven theater majors. And I realized that's part of my penance mm-hmm. for the rest of my existence. Yeah. What did they sing? You know, it was something new that I didn't know. Oh, no! And it was also the first time I felt old. Because oh. it was like a show I hadn't heard of. And I was like, oh, no, I'm old. And like, maybe now I would know it if I heard it again. Yeah. But I didn't know it at that time. In any case. So uh, old. After. It's probably from like Heather's or something. Problem. Which I didn't know at the time. After they break out into song three or four times about different things, uh, Henry and June decide it's time to bail. Yep. They I go would... back to obscure President Middle School. Yes, this is where I am going to cash in being angry. Yeah. Uh, they weren't bad at anything. Nope. Like, the only reason that they were having a bad time is that they weren't willing to, like, buy in. Yeah. Like, they had about a bad of time as I did. <laughs> I went there for four years and then went to Performing Arts College. They're, they're the kid who, like, they're the friend you have who you take to Disney World mm. who doesn't want to wear the mouse ears and wants to be a giant brat about it. Who's like, I don't like Disney. This is stupid. Everything's stupid. Um, 
So then the creepy kid finds them again, and they give him an all-access pass to hits. Yes, so he can go collect blood from them. Yeah, because now he wants a souvenir bag of blood. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is... That's it. That's it. Uh, there's one thing I wanted to point out. Yes. Is uh, the background gags were pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, the scene where June is in gym class talking to her friends. Mm-hmm. In the background were those like signs that are like the championship teams. Mm-hmm. One of them was 1984 fourth place. And then there was another year that said dead last. And then there was another year that said has been. Oh, no. I was like, ah, oh, that's pretty good. Like, I got some solid laughs out of this. Yeah, I think taking them out of hits might have been a mistake. Yeah. Because I felt like there was more to that part of the story. Because, like, they kind of build up June having a rival immediately. Yeah. Like, she calls Mackenzie a hag. So I'm like, okay, she has a rival. They have a show. So, like... Other students who are gonna be famous mm. could be jealous of Henry and June. Yeah. And the show was gonna need a plot. Yeah. This whole thing feels unsure of itself. Yes. It almost felt like they're like, let's do the Henry and June talk show bit and this one where they're kind of normal kids. Mm-hmm. This way we can float both ideas out there. Yeah. And then we'll go whichever way they feel is more commercial right uh turns out henry and june also don't quite have the rapport to float a half an hour show i mean i think when we meet henry and june in kablam Mm -hmm. it is a three-way conversation yes between henry june and us right and their role is host and they're great hosts but like as a show that's beyond just them being hosts and them being characters. Not a whole lot there. Yeah, there's just not enough. Yeah. It, it, oh, there's an issue of it not being enough, and there's also an issue of, like, them not sure what it's going to be. Yeah. Because the, the first 12 minutes of it mm-hmm. could be enough for a pilot. Where they're like, yeah, this is what it's going to be. It's them trying to put these... It's the Larry Sanders show. Yeah. Where they're trying to put on this show, and we also get to see the shenanigans of putting on the show. It's the Muppets. And the first half is more successful than the second, I think. The the second half, I also think, is interesting. Like, you know, these ideas of they're doing the show, but they're still just normal kids. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I think is a good message today. Yeah. Because there's this whole feeling today of, like, if I became rich and famous, I'd be above all this. Yeah. The idea that they put in all this work to create a thing that is successful and it not to affect their social life. It's kind of an interesting way to I see I mean, it's this. Hannah Montana, in a way. Yeah, it's Hannah Montana. Because Hannah Montana and Miley are different people yes. in-universe. Mm-hmm. Um, almost to the point where this feels more like a proto-Disney Channel show yeah. than a Nickelodeon show. Yeah. I, I can get behind that. It's a little wacky mm-hmm. for what Disney Channel would be doing that would be logical steps from this. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, so I guess, like, do you have any other things to say before we give this a verdict? Not really. This was considered lost media for a while. Really? Yeah, the creators put it up on their website as kind of like a bonus. Huh. But it it literally only aired once. It doesn't air in syndication. Mm-hmm. So. It doesn't have the Kablam theme song. No, it doesn't. Which is a bummer. Because the Kablam theme song is great. Yeah, we actually watched an episode of Kablam after this. Yeah, because we wanted to get that our jam in. Yeah, this really did need more to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, in the end, what I could see this being at its strongest... Mm-hmm. Because I was like, all right, how would I fix this? It's like, well, I would make their guests other cartoons. Yeah. Like, I think that would be more interesting. And it's like, yeah, then they could have, like, Life with Loopy on. And they could have Prometheus and Bobble. This is just Kablam. I'm just writing Kablam again. Yeah. It's Kablam with a stronger frame story. Yeah. Uh, so... It's a stay doomed for me. It's stay doomed for me too. And like, I don't want it to be because there's enough there that I'm like intrigued. And like, if you told me there was another episode, I'd want to see it. But overall, it's not enough. And it is so ugly. Yeah, I think that our that animation style needs something to break it up. Yes. And like... It seemed a little familiar. Did they go on to do anything else? Uh, I couldn't find much about what they were doing. The other things that the creators did were all before that. Okay. I thought um, maybe they, there was something like maybe on an adult swim that had the fingerprints of this animation on it. But I couldn't quite place it. I mean, the animator for the Henry and June... Segments was Mark Merrick. Yeah. Um, so I was seeing if there's anything else that I could find that he did. Yeah, The animation, like, especially on the executive, mm-hmm. is a little Mike Judgy. Yeah. Where, like, there's extra wrinkles that makes them just kind of look gross. His main other credit is Mad. Mad TV? Yes. Like the Mad, no, the, the Mad, Mad Cartoon. cartoon. Yeah. Okay, I could kind of see that. Uh, but nothing else, really. Alright. Oh, God, he directed some episodes of Teen Titans Go. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's his other credit that he has. He's done some producing. He did Be Cool Scooby-Doo. But, like, he hasn't done, like, a whole lot a lot. Gotcha. So it's a stay doomed Yeah. both of us. Yeah. What are we watching next week there, Laura? I don't know. You tell me. We are watching uh, the backdoor pilot from The Nanny. Oh, okay. That's what we're doing? Yes, yes, we are. Called Chatterbox. Yeah. This was your suggestion. Yes. I introduced it. Uh, Because I thought we were doing the other suggestion for this month. I don't remember what the name of that episode is yet. So we'll save it to next week. So we're doing the the Chatterbox episode of The Nanny. Yes. Uh, so you can, of course, find links to that in the description below. Where can people find us, Laura? You can find us at the Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And what if people want to see us live? Uh, you can see us live in National Harbor, Maryland, June 2nd through 5th at MAGFest. 
And if you were ever forced to participate in a stage scripting or performance of Once on This Island, I'm at TV's Noah. If you've ever been stuck on an elevator with me, I'm sorry. And I'm at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed.